Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Good morning. So great to be with you. Wishing you a beautiful weekend. It is a Friday, June 23rd, 2023. Hope you're having a great day. We've got some great interviews we're going to share with you in a very different Fact Check Friday. How about some good news on the news for a change? Two stories I think you'll be very, very happy to hear about. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Before that, though, we're giving Doug Keck for our Inside Word the day off. He'll be joining us again next week. We are going to be talking to Dr. Chris Gasick from the Family Research Council. They put out a very important report on the Biden administration's effort to spread anti-life LGBTQ agenda overseas. Now, this does tie in with the fact that tomorrow is the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of the Dobbs decision. Now, this particular report that Family Research Council has done is based on their LGBTQ agenda, but we know that that agenda is also very anti-life. So this is all connected. You can't separate these issues. They're all tied together. FRC reports that since President Joe Biden took office in 2021, his administration has systematically elevated the importance of LGBT ideology in American foreign policy, utilizing resources and platforms of the government to promote their policies abroad. The title of the report is Exporting LGBT Ideology, the Biden Administration's Foreign Policy Priority. You can find it on the homepage of FRC.org. At the bottom of the hour for our Fact Check Friday, some really upbeat stories, as I mentioned. Being that tomorrow is the anniversary of the Dobbs decision, we're going to be taking a look, and you'll hear the audio version of it, of a beautiful ad that Focus on the Family has come up with called It's a Baby. I'm going to leave it at that. We'll explain more at the bottom of the hour. But the way they did it is so creative, and it really makes so much sense and really highlights the semantics of the left and how they try to hide the fact that, oh, guess what? It's not a clump of cells. It's a baby, right? So we'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour, along with a report about a young woman who's so courageous that she dedicated her whole speech, her commencement speech in her high school, and actually got some very positive feedback, surprisingly, thanks be to God, regarding her courage, Coraggio, talking about the Lord and why it's important to have your priorities. So we'll share that story with you as well. And then wrapping up, we'll be talking about pilgrimage this morning, and specifically some new reports that are out showing more and more people are interested in pilgrimage, not necessarily from a religious perspective. A lot of people just want to get away and they want to refocus, especially after COVID. But what I think is so powerful about that is they really are seeking God. They don't know it, but they are. We even have many people on our trips that come. They may come with a family member or a friend. They like the itinerary. They're interested in religious art. They don't come at it from a religious perspective. But something happens to them when they're exposed to such beauty and changes occur. So we'll talk with how pilgrimages are now trending around the country and around the world in travel. That's coming up with John Hale, the president of Corporate Travel Service. As far as the forecast is concerned, the never-ending and dangerous heat wave in the south, specifically in Texas, is persisting throughout the weekend and all the way into next week. The National Weather Service says severe thunderstorms are likely across much of the high plains the next day or two before moving into the Midwest over the weekend, and then heavy rainfall may cause flooding in the northern plains and upper Midwest over the next few days. 
Either way, wishing you a great weekend. Do stay tuned here to EWTN and this program and many others all throughout the day. Right now, at a few minutes past the hour, let's get started with the news on a Friday morning. Tomorrow on June 24th, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, several pro-life organizations will be leading a national Celebrate Life Day rally to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Of course, Roe v. Wade, as Catholic News Agency explains, was a 1973 landmark court decision legalizing abortion nationwide, but overturned on June 24th of last year by the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization decision. And a June report by the pro-abortion organization Society of Family Planning saying that more than 25,000 expected abortions did not come to fruition from July of last year through March of this year because of the new legal protections for the unborn. That rally is set to take place from 10.30 a.m. to noon. There will be a ticketed gala at 7 p.m. And the former vice president and current presidential candidate Mike Pence will be speaking at the rally, along with the Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch, who was instrumental in overturning Roe v. Wade, and Dr. Elvita King, the niece of civil rights activist and icon Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. For all the details and all the speakers, visit the story on CatholicNewsAgency.com. The Holy Father advancing the sainthood cause of Sister Lucia dos Santos, the eldest child to witness the Fatima apparitions. In a decree signed earlier this week, the Holy Father recognizing her heroic virtue and declaring her venerable. The church will now need to approve a miracle attributed to her intercession before she can be beatified. Pope Francis has already canonized the two other Fatima visionaries, Jacinta and Francisco Marto, in 2017. The two shepherd children who died at 10 and 11, respectively, are the youngest non-martyr saints in the church's history. Meanwhile, on the same day, the Pope also advancing the saint cause of Mother Mary Elizabeth Lang, a black religious sister who founded the country's first African-American religious congregation back in Baltimore in 1829. As CNA also reports, a recognition of her heroic virtue and the advancement of her cause from servant of God to venerable was announced this week on the same day as Sister Lucia's. The church will now need to approve a miracle attributed to her intercession. Elizabeth Lang, as she was named, immigrated to the U.S. from Cuba in the early 1800s, recognizing the lack of education for the children of fellow black immigrants with the friend she established, St. Francis Academy, in her own home, and with her own money, offered free schooling to Baltimore's African-American children. Lisa Taylor tells us Pope Francis says breathing difficulties forced him to skip out on giving a planned speech yesterday. He told a meeting of the Catholic Oriental Church that his breathing is not good. Francis noted that he's still feeling the effects of anesthesia following hernia surgery earlier this month. The 86-year-old pope was asked how he felt, and he replied with, I'm still alive. Francis returned to the Vatican last week after spending nine days in the hospital after his surgery. I'm Lisa Taylor. Meanwhile, just 40 days before World Youth Day of 2023 in Lisbon, Portugal, the Holy Father said he is ready to go and poor health will not keep him away. Francis is continuing, as you heard, to recover from abdominal surgery he underwent on June 7th. In other news this morning, Brian Shook tells us a U.S. Navy official says the implosion of the Titan submersible was likely heard on Sunday. The official said in a statement that an analysis of acoustic data found that an anomaly consistent with an implosion or explosion was found in an area where the sub was when communication stopped. A U.S. defense official also said in a separate statement that an analysis done of the banging noises picked up by sonar were not from the sub but natural ocean sounds or biological noises. I'm Brian Shook. 
Meanwhile, questions are being raised with the death of the five people aboard the submersible viewing the Titanic. Discovery Channel Expedition Unknown host Josh Gates taking a dive in the Titan vessel not too long ago, saying he refused a second trip because of safety concerns. I felt that it needed more time to be tested. Uh, I think there are still big questions that need to be answered here about really the the thoroughness of actual deep water testing of Titan before uh, its missions. Again, there is an investigation underway to determine what exactly happened. An advisory committee formed by Oklahoma State School Superintendent Ryan Walters to explore faith and morality in public schools is recommending a full minute of silence in every public school classroom to start each school day. At yesterday's state school board meeting, he said he wants every school to faithfully observe the minute of silence. And school districts must also tell students that they can pray at the beginning of the one minute and they should be fully informed of how they can utilize their minute of silence. Walters, meanwhile, says a current national left-wing indoctrination is attempting to destroy religion as a way to destroy the entire country. Atheism is now the de facto and sponsored religion, and it is indefensible in a place like Oklahoma that we would allow this to happen. Walter says U.S. Supreme Court rulings have allowed religion in any form to be stricken from the classroom, and he says that is wrong. Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis taking aim at private college accreditation agencies, saying they have huge power and are accountable to no one. The Republican presidential hopeful says you can't take legislative power and delegate it to a private body. It's not just that that doesn't make sense to have these accreditation agencies have so much power. Uh, we believe it violates uh, the law and the federal constitution. Florida, meanwhile, is filing a federal lawsuit against the Biden administration and the U.S. Department of Education. DeSantis says higher education needs a competitive market for accreditation, which he says is not the case right now. He also believes his state is being unfairly targeted by Biden after he passed laws limiting the discussions of sexual orientation in public schools. It's a Friday morning. More Catholic Connection coming up. We'll be right back. This July 4th from Angel Studios, who brought you his only son and the chosen, comes a true story of courage and redemption, Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel, who portrayed Jesus in The Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the true events of a dangerous mission to save young, innocent lives. A story that shares hope and the power of human resilience. Sound of Freedom. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Only in theaters July 4th. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. 
Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Connection, co-produced by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. You know, we see the ideology across the country and the things that this administration is pushing that go against who we are as believers, Christians, and Catholics and other Christians. We believe that we are made in, in the image of God, Imago Dei, male and female. And we pray for our brothers and sisters who may be struggling with some sort of a dysphoria or gender uh, dysphoria or, for example, same-sex attraction. The church has a whole body of teaching on how we need to treat all brothers and sisters with love. But we also know uh, what we teach in terms of who we are, again, made in the image and likeness of God. And yet the Biden administration is pushing this ideology not only across our country, but really taking it overseas in an even bigger way. Family Research Council recently releasing a new report entitled Exporting the LGBT Ideology. On the phone with us to talk about that this morning is Dr. Chris Gasick, Senior Fellow for Regulatory Affairs at the wonderful Family Research Council. They do such great work. So, Dr. Chris, let's talk about this because it's bad enough, and you and I were talking about this during the break, what we're seeing here in this country. It just never, ever ends in terms of them going further and further with these extreme uh, ideologies, especially where sexuality is concerned. So what's happening with them overseas in this? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. What did you find? Well, it's good to uh, good to be with you. Uh, well, they are uh, taking the, the, this agenda, uh, this sort of this LGBT agenda, and from the first day of the administration, they had a, a plan to basically take all the apparatus of the, of the federal government. And it's not just the State Department or USAID. I mean, there's a uh, one of the, the the documents we found. Basically, a 140 page blueprint of how they. Or basically, it was a sort of a report card on, on what they had done in the first 16 months in terms of, you know, every agency that has sort of contact with the foreign with foreign relations and, you know, what they could do or how they or how much they had done to turn the, those places into engines of exporting ideology. Let's put they, that LGBT mm-hmm. ideology. And um, so, if you go through, you know, the various documents that that they put out you know, memorandum and these sorts of things, it's, it's very clear that, that they have a radical way of looking at the world, and it's sort of messianic, and, and part of this, this messianic view of the world is putting this, this ideology into other countries and using all the foreign policy apparatus at their disposal, uh, using all of that to, to export these ideas and create institutions abroad. But here's the thing, and you know this as well as anyone because of the work that you do at the FRC. If you look at what's happening in Europe, they have places that are shutting down because their eyes have been open on some level at least, especially when it comes to the so-called transgender surgeries. I saw a report last week that one of the places that will be shutting down has also stopped now giving the puberty blockers because there's concerns on on what this is doing to kids and the research isn't solid. And they're saying that the kids who come in and are asking you know, for this transgender surgery Many of them are autistic. Many of them have other uh, issues in terms of uh, mental health. And they also may have, um, they don't even know if they have a transgender dysphoria. There's a lot of other issues going around, broken families. And so in Europe, while they're pushing this ideology, the administration here, trying to push this in Europe, Europe seems to be going in the opposite direction in some ways. Yeah, I think that's true. On the 
transgender surgery and, and the issues related to this whole um, use of, of, uh, of drugs and, you know, wh- whether all that works is being, you know, looked at again in, in a lot of these countries in Europe. And like, you know, the European countries are very sophisticated and they have, you know, small countries with everyone is in a medical database and so they can sort of track these things. And interestingly, one of the countries that's also um, – that I don't really think of as, as very, I don't know how to put it, uh, reflective or, or non-ideological is, mm-hmm. is Britain where this is happening. Um, they seem to be extremely zealous on all the sort of bio, bio-experimentation and, and these sorts of things. Um, but even they are sort of, of backing off this. Now, this is a sort of an, a weird American phenomenon right now where we're extreme on these sorts of issues, and we're also much more dug in on all the stuff related to um, the COVID vaccine. There's, there's no learning curve, it seems like, in the, in the Biden administration or on, on, on the American left. So where do you think this is going then? I mean, in terms of these ideologies, how far do you think they're going to push this if they run into any type of resistance? I think the first phase probably is to just put everything in, in their grants. I guess immediately, if, if you don't agree to the terms of you know, certain kinds of uh, requirements for the policies that they're trying to implement, you won't get certain kinds of money, right? And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's what they're doing in, in terms of uh, issues that they will put out. For example, USAID, there's, just, there, there's a document, for example, putting integrating LGBT ideology into uh, education grants and, and, and their, uh, their overseas policies. And um, to be on the other side of it, I, you know, from what we understand, uh, the, the countries that are the recipients of these, you know, would like to get certain kinds of grants and things like this, um, are seeing this sort of infused into, you know, the, you want something, you, this is going to be part of it. So I, I don't know, you know, how far this is going to go. It, it depends, I think, a lot on us, you know, as, as Americans, that we stop this. But, mm-hmm. um, and it, well, the first part of it is the, knowing about it. And that's one of the reasons we wrote the paper is we were kind of shocked that this was, I mean, we sort of knew that, or heard about it, you know, the kind of thing, voices in the distance and kind of you hear people sort of talking about this and, and sort of foreign policy journals and things maybe. But unless you start to really dig into it and look at it, you don't – I think you could have, have it denied to you the extent of it. And it, it's a deliberate government-wide – you know, there's this, uh, this kind of uh, phrase now. It's a sort of trite – I don't know, but it's called, you know, the government-wide approach to something. Well, let me tell you, there is a government-wide approach to this, and um, this is something they really care about. It, it's one of the, the top priorities of the administration. So I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Uh, there's a, one of these pride marches in Warsaw, and the ambassador to um, – uh, the U.S. ambassador to Poland gave some remarks to AP – and remember, I mean, this is Poland. This is a country that is, like, carrying more water on this Ukrainian war that, you know, the administration is, you know, is all in for than any other country in Europe. They're taking refugees. They're, they're I mean, they're really at risk. And uh, the ambassador, who is the son of Zbigniew Brzezinski, had this really, you know, biting, vicious kind of comment. I just, you know, it's, it's hard to believe somebody would, wouldn't be sent home as a diplomat for saying this. I mean, if... If I were the home home country, I would say get out of here. So I mean, it's um, it's everywhere. They're they're very aggressive. The Blinken talked about how he he you know I give you one example. Of this Blinken talked about how in in the summer of a year ago, and he was talking just to a group of the State Department of State Department employees, 
and he was bragging about how whenever he talked to the, his Saudi counterparts, you know, he was always on the phone. He would always push this, right, this LGBT issue. And, you know, you had to sort of think about this when, you know, earlier this year we had this, all of a sudden this, this announcement and this rupture with, the, with Saudi Arabia, which is a very significant country in the world, um, where they had brokered in secrecy this agreement or, you know, sort of a, you know, the initial stages of a working relationship, or maybe that's too far, but at least trying to, to get uh, some kind of an understanding together with, uh, with Iran, but at the behest of the Chinese, right? So, I mean, the, the, the United States wasn't even involved. They didn't even know about it. I, you, you get the sense when you see the American, the, these Americans, this administration mm-hmm. with, with the Saudis, that they just despise them. And I don't know if, if this is, you know, there are a lot of reasons that Biden has insulted and alienated the, that country. But I can't imagine that this isn't part of it. This is a very personal, deeply religious, you know, it goes to the core of people. And, you know, so in the course of three years, you've had a dramatic, you know, I, there's something about the Biden administration that really alienates a lot of countries. Yeah. What's interesting about your report, though, which I really appreciate, is you give the historical background. You go uh, all the way back, I mean, decades, but then you also look at President Barack Obama and how a lot of this stu- mm-hmm. stu- you know, started under his administration. So I think that's important to give people perspective. Uh, what can we, if anything, uh, Dr. Chris, do, any- do about this? Well, one of the things I would say is tell other people about it. I'm not you know, doing this just for selfish reasons, but um, you know, tell people about the report if there's the kind of people who would be you know, inclined to it. You can send them a link or send them the document. Um, and just, you know, if all they can do is just read the first few pages, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's helpful. And I would also say, you know, just if you had no, it's kind of a strange thing to say, but if, if you had nothing else to do, at least in terms of learning about this, you know, there's an appendix. It's Appendix A of the report. And it basically just lists the documents that they have, uh, major documents that they've issued on this. And I, and I, I, and I kind of like this, this little section because it's, um, it's all their stuff, right? I mean, it's nothing. We're not mm-hmm. making this up. These are all major documents. And, and it, just to let people know, you can go here and you can look at these. And, and I, I would suggest just going and, and doing that and looking at, uh, at a couple of them just so that you understand exactly how they – sort of how they operate and what they think. But then, you know, tell your congressman and uh, somebody, you know, that you don't, that you don't, this doesn't suit your interests, you know, as an American and what you want to have done overseas and, and, and how you want to be represented. You know, that's sort of the way we, we have to operate and uh, let people know, especially if you have a, a you know, member of the House or the Senate who's uh, on a foreign relations committee or, you know, has some, there are a lot of people in the, in the, in the house that have, um, they they might be on, uh, the appropriations committee and they, they've, you know, they spend money in the USAID or, or these other areas. So, um, every, every member of Congress, you know, also just, just votes on these budgets and things. So I would, I would say the first wave is to kind of let people know about this and also to let your, your member, your elected member of Congress, uh, know about this. That's that's kind of straightforward. Maybe that sounds a little bit simplistic, but I think that the first uh, thing that we have to do is uh, just you know tell people that this is going on. Especially people who might care about foreign policy. I think it's it's very uh, surprising to, to to learn that the United States has maybe one of its top top one, two, or three priorities pushing this ideology. I mean, I think the other priorities are one of them is you know population control and abortion, and then another one is this sort of kind of fanatical 
environmentalism that sort of borders on a, a you know, sort of a, a neo-paganism or something. I mean, it, it's um, it's not. Well, the you know, of, when you don't have God, other things have to take have to take right, exactly. place, right? I mean, that's what it yep. is. I mean, you 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 are made to to relate first with, and foremost with God, then with each other. But when you don't have God, then other things become gods, and that's what we're seeing with the environment, with sure. uh, with abortion, with this LGBTQ ideology. Now, uh, we only have about two minutes left, and we're talking with Doctor Doctor Chris Kasich from the Family Research Council about this very important report that they just released by the Family Research Council regarding the ideology of this administration being pushed in other countries around the world. Interestingly enough, I'm looking at the page where all these different pride flags at U.S. embassies, actually Mm -hmm. they went ahead and they offended local leaders by flying pride flags outside their embassies. So so a lot of local leaders are not happy about this. It's part of a, you know, their their staff and embassies are going on marches or... Um, you know, participating in, in these uh, pride events. But the flags are, are, I'm not completely sure of this, but I mean, one of the things is that, you know, you're, you're entitled as an embassy to apply your, your country's flag and to have a... There's a concept. The, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. And, and, <laughs> and to fly and to put your own seal, um, you know, sort of on the gates of the embassy or someplace like this so that can be seen. Doctor, I really appreciate it. How can we get a copy of this report or a link to it? Where do we go? Go to the, the um, FRC webpage. Um, it's uh, FRC, it's like Family Research Council org. And if you give a then you type a forward slash and you just put exporting Pride, you'll go to a, a jump page and then you can download it from there. Thank you so much. It's so important, Dr. Chris Gasek from the Family Research Council, taking an in-depth look at the ideology of the Biden administration, specifically the LGBTQ agenda, and how they are trying to get this into as many countries around the world as possible, in addition to already saturating us with it. We'll be right back on Catholic Connection. Thanks for tuning in. More great programming coming up. Stay tuned. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. You remember the time I said on the air, go to confession. And when you're done, go out and have a big ice cream soda. Celebrate. And a man wrote to me, he said, you know, I hadn't gone to confession in 30 years. Do you mind if I went and had a pizza? (laughs) I said, oh, have 20 pizzas. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Catechism of the Catholic Church on Animals, paragraph 2417. God entrusted animals to the stewardship of those whom he created in his own image. It is legitimate to use animals for food and clothing. They may be domesticated to help man in his work. Medical and scientific experimentation on animals is a morally acceptable practice if it remains within reasonable limits and contributes to caring for or saving human lives. It is contrary to human dignity to cause animals to suffer or die needlessly. It is likewise unworthy to spend money on them that should, as a priority, go to the relief of human misery. So the Catechism is quite clear. We have a great duty to exhibit kindness to animals and at the same time understand that animals were created not for their own sake, but for the sake of the human. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. 
Ciao, amici. Hello, friends. Teresa Tamio here. Ever notice that common sense isn't so common anymore? Each time we check our news feeds or turn on the TV, it seems the world is getting wackier. While we desperately need to return to basic common sense. And Rosie Posey, my mom, a street smart theologian from Jersey City, is just the person we need to help us restore it. So if you need a little bit more help with some common sense or know someone else who needs it, pick out my new book on our store. Everything's coming up, Rosie, at AveMariaRadio.net's online store. From the archives, this this is the wisdom of Mother Angelica. Is your life so fast that you cannot see a sunrise or sunset or pass one of these places in the country that have all kinds of little flowers? Have you ever stopped and God just walked through them and said, our God is wonderful. So you're so caught up in gadgets. Rush, 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 rush. And you're living, and you're not living. And you're getting older, but you won't admit it. I have a real problem with somebody. How old are you? They say, but I don't talk about my age. Well, if you let me guess, it's going to be worse. (laughs) Isn't it? For more about Mother Angelica, visit EWTNRC.com. Welcome back, Catholic Connection, on a Friday morning, June 23rd. Wishing you a blessed weekend coming up. And also, let's remember what happened one year ago tomorrow, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, the horrible decision that gave us abortion on demand through nine months of pregnancy in this country. Just an awful decision that has impacted so many lives in so many different ways. Firstly, of course, with the lives of the innocent in the womb, and then so many women and families and all of us, every single one of us affected by that horrific decision. I always say that Roe v. Wade and abortion, it's like a huge, huge octopus with technicals everywhere, just really strangling us in terms of life. It's just awful. If you think about the fallout for women, for men, for families, and how it's affected so many other areas of our lives. We can look at so many things such as an increase in addiction, an increase in domestic violence, an increase in depression, an increase in drug addiction. So many things are connected to women who had abortion, men who were impacted by abortion. If you remember the last few months, we've been talking about this new report that came out showing that men are definitely impacted and how they're often ignored in that decision. So this has far reaching and far wide consequences across the country and around the world. And that's why it's so important to remember though, despite everything that's happened, I know it seems like whack-a-mole. We win one and something else pops up and we have to fight that too. But when we're marking the one year anniversary of Dobbs tomorrow, Keep everyone in your prayers that has been on the front lines in the pro-life movement. Those will be at the rally in D.C. tomorrow. And also, please pray for those who support abortion, that their hearts will be changed, that their minds will be open. And pray, pray, pray for women who are considering, God forbid, taking the life of their own unborn child. That's why I so appreciate it what Focus on the Family did recently. I don't know if you caught this ad yet. But recently, in honor of the upcoming one-year anniversary tomorrow, they did this actually uh, a few days ago, they launched a nationwide ad campaign with this fantastic ad called It's a Baby. It's designed to change hearts and minds on the issue of abortion. It launched digitally and on TV beginning Wednesday and time to start airing 10 days. This is Wednesday of last week before the one-year anniversary of the Dobbs decision. 
It's a Baby is very unique because it highlights, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, the ridiculous semantics that the pro boards use when trying to describe a baby, which they never do because they don't want to use the word baby because obviously that makes you think in human terms and humane terms, and they can't have any of that. So this is a visual piece, but obviously this is radio, so we're running the audio, but take a listen. I think this is a very positive ad, something very positive about the media that's going out there pointing to what is actually happening, a child growing in the womb of its mom. Take a listen. Well? It's positive. We're having a fetus. Having a fetus. We're having a fetus. (laughs) And here we are. Would you look at that? Hi, fetus. Hey, got names yet? For the fetus? We've got a few we like. Focus on the family would like to remind you that no matter where you are on your pregnancy journey it's almost here keep pushing your fetus is doing great call it what you want but the truth does not change you want to feel the fetus care um it's a baby it's still a baby And wrapping up our Fact Check Friday today, I wanted to highlight the courage of a young woman. This young woman actually gave a wonderful commencement speech at her high school recently, and she is an extremely proud Christian. She was a valedictorian, and she gave her faith feel speech and revealed her motivation. She said the Lord told her to write the speech. And surprisingly, and some good news again for a change, she received a pretty strong response. The video went viral. And she is very, very excited that she did get a positive response. She spoke with Fox News Digital of the importance of her message. This is a reminder, again, looking at Dobbs tomorrow, the one-year anniversary of Roe v. Wade, and the fact that there are so many young people. Now, she doesn't mention the abortion issue in her commencement speech, but I know from covering the March for Life year after year after year for EWTN that there are so many young people who have a strong faith and understand right and wrong and want to help all of us get back on the right track with God. So we'll close this Fact Check Friday with this beautiful report of this young woman who was strong enough to talk about Jesus in her commencement speech and help us all reconsider our priorities when it comes to our most important relationship, a relationship with God. Take a listen. Even if you accomplish all of your dreams or none of them at all, you are still valuable and you are still good enough because you are made in the image of God. These are the parting words from valedictorian and senior class president Lydia Owens to her graduating class at Woodmont High School. In the three-minute speech, Owens shares how her decade-long definition of success was redirected two years ago. I had that reality check almost two years ago when my mom passed away. When tragedy struck my life, it was not my grades nor my accomplishments that helped me navigate through that loss. When everything else in my life felt uncertain, the only person that I could depend on to say the same was Jesus. Owens says her mom was her biggest inspiration. Well, she always pushed me to be my like best self. She always encouraged me in my faith. Um, she's the reason that I had such a strong faith. Uh, she was the example to me of how to be a godly woman and how to love people intentionally. But it wasn't always easy. I got really into like a hard place where I was really doubting God and just like <clears throat> his plan for me was. I didn't understand 
how God could use such a terrible tragedy in my life for his glory. Her father, Brian, says apart from their faith in Christ, they had each other to lean on. Well, right after her mom passed away, I talked to the whole family and just said, you know, I don't really know where we go from here. I don't know really what we're going to do, but whatever we're going to do, we're going to do it together. Also just remembering that's what my mom wanted me to do. She wouldn't want me to like be sad and just give up. She wanted me to be my best and she wanted me to keep going. Encouraging those around her despite the hardships life brings. You don't have to worry about whether or not you'll be successful because God promises that his grace is sufficient for us and that his power is made perfect in our weaknesses. I asked Lydia what it was like hearing the roaring applause from her peers. I was like, okay, like this, this was the moment that God wanted, like my, like what happened with my mom to be used for. Um, it was really difficult and it was really scary, but I got a very overwhelming positive feedback. I definitely did have some people tell me that like, oh, I knew you were going to talk about Jesus, but like that's going to happen no matter what you say. Uh, I was squalling like a baby, <laughs> obviously. Uh, There's a lot of joy and pride there, but likewise knowing that her mom wasn't there to celebrate with us this huge accomplishment. But I also take recognition of the fact that I know that she was looking down and she was definitely smiling from heaven on that day. I don't want anyone to say, wow, Lydia, you did a great job. Like you were the one that said all those words. Like that wasn't me speaking. Like, yes, I said the words, but that was God speaking through me. That's Fact Check Friday for this Friday, June 23rd. More Catholic Connection coming up. Stay tuned. What is a bromance? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. This word bromance is used by younger men to describe close friendships with other young guys. You know, the guys who man-hug and chest bump? Let's face it, generally, women can make friends more easily than men. My wife can make a new friend coming out of the ladies' room. While this may be tougher for guys, younger men now reflect that their close male-to-male friendships are getting deeper and growing. Many guys who only seem to communicate with crude jokes to each other are now more open to sharing, being vulnerable and authentic with each other. This is likely good news for so many reasons, including emotional and mental health. Developing close male bonds includes sharing much about life. Being a good listener is a key to a strong buddy relationship, too. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Father Benedict Groeschel. I want to welcome you, if you're not familiar, with the wonderful world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What will America become if it makes it impossible for the Holy Spirit to work here because of untruth and self-indulgence and paganism? This is not just a nice discussion of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because I'm going to discuss what happens when people make it impossible to be prudent, just, or honest, or brave, or courageous, or reverent. When people make that impossible, what a terrible thing they do not only to themselves, but to our society. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Really 
neat story we came across a couple of days ago about traveling, and not just any type of travel, but something that we do regularly here at Ave Maria Radio with our partner, Corporate Travel Service, and that is pilgrimage. And all types of pilgrimage, whether it's a conference, whether it's a cruise, whether it's an Italy trip. We have one coming up in November. We hope you join us on, and John Hale will mention that as well. But, John, this was really encouraging, I thought. What National Geographic is set, was said two years ago has now come to pass, right? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Teresa. Yeah, and, you know, I was actually part of an interview um, that CBS Morning did um, about I the same that. time. Yeah. Yeah, Gail King. And, you know, God bless them. They were very curious to understand why pilgrimage would come back more quickly. And I, ex- I remember explaining to them that, you know, that as Catholics and people of faith, we look at more than just our physical health. That's certainly an important aspect of life, but there's also our mental health, our spiritual health. And, you know, you'd have thought I was a coinist or something. They couldn't, you know, they were like so profound. That was such a profound thought <laughs> to mm-hmm. the secular media. But, you know, for those of us who faith, that's very simple. It's very straightforward. We, we look at, um, we approach life through the lens of God and his love for us, and that includes our relationship with him. And so to us, you know, all of us, it's not surprising that we would want to gather um, sooner with people, that we would want to be able to have the experiences that God has planned for us, including retreats and and all sorts of things, but especially pilgrimage. And and so we weren't really surprised at all to see that that was really one of the first parts of, you know, aspects of travel that, that really came back and came back quickly. So thanks be to God. Yeah, it's interesting because the article talks about right before COVID uh, slammed the brakes on international travel. For example, the Camino de Santiago, uh, the Way of St. James, witnessed record pilgrimage numbers. And they also point to several other pilgrimage locations. So it was really building before COVID as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. That You know, they were seeing it every year. And, um, you know, there's been some movies. There's uh, the, the Camino, uh, the, 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 the movie way. a couple of years yeah. ago, The Way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're seeing, I think that the secular world, uh, the people, we're all searching. You know, even those of us in faith, we're always searching. And you know, we know that we're restless till we rest in God. And that's, that's just part of the human condition. So uh, I just... We know the history of pilgrimage. It predates Christianity, but certainly we have writings from, you know, early 3rd century even, Egeria. We know that our tradition of pilgrimage goes way back, and um, and there's a reason for it. It's, it mirrors life. When we go on pilgrimage, it, it really is meant to be like our journey of life, which is a journey toward mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And so that is uh, you know a pilgrimage is like a microcosm of our realities of our of our life and the beautiful i mean there's there's a rhythm to pilgrimage as we talk about many times you know the the idea that being we're broken away from our daily routines and, and god is able to i think speak to us a little more clearly in those moments when we detach and when we allow the beauty of where we are and that could be places here in this in this country um, certainly places in, in, in uh, Europe, particularly Italy, Umbria, um, the Holy Land, those places mm-hmm. then I think God can really penetrate and, and touch us in a deeper, more profound way. And, and that's what pilgrimage is all about. It's, it's interesting because this article talks about folks interested in pilgrimage, even if they're not religious, going on a journey, seeking silence, seeking peace, making a purposeful destination as just to go maybe as opposed to going just to Vegas for a weekend or the beach for a couple of days. They wanted to do something 
that was very uh, intentional in terms of really giving themselves time. And, and oftentimes, job we find, and by the way, we're talking with John Hale, president of Corporate Travel Service this morning about pilgrimage. Oftentimes, John, we have people that come on our trips that are religious faith-based. They'll come with a friend. They have the same purpose. They may not be coming for religious reason, but they like the itinerary because they like the variety and the opportunity to get away for a longer period of time. And, you know, so funny, Teresa, often uh, we've had so many people who are surprised and say, wow, you, you know how to have fun. You know to have, how, how to have joy. And, you know, we, we would say, well, yeah, we know in a particular way because we can keep all of these gifts of God ordered. And we understand that whatever God gives us, whether that be pleasant food or drink, um, each other's company, we, it's all ordered to God and it all is a reflection of His goodness for us. So they're not an end. And I think that people really perceive that when they're on pilgrimage, and pilgrimage has been a, a great way um, for conversion. I mean, even those of us in the faith, we're converted every day, and we certainly are reconverted mm-hmm. on every pilgrimage. But people who are away, who are searching, and they're, they're invited by a friend or a family member, we've seen you know, God's grace work tremendously in those moments. And I think, again, it goes toward the witness of the others to see that, um, wow, they, ha- they see something that they don't see in the world, in the people and in the way that um, people of faith approach life. I think it's, it's just awesome. I'm just so excited that pilgrimage is topping the list for travel uh, choices of, of so many people across the border, across the board. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about some of the big events that we do have coming up. Let's start with our La Dolce Fide pilgrimage. We have about 10 spots left. It is going well. Almost 30 people signed up. We like to keep it relatively small to one bus. I'm so excited about this trip because now you and Kristen have been to Toady, so you know what we're going to experience then. I know, I know you absolutely love Toady. And then, of course, Viterbo and just Umbria, Corte Verde, the green heart of Italy, so many people. I, I, I really want them to discover Umbria, John. Oh, Teresa, it is well. It's 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 very worth discovering. That's for sure. And it's one of the most beautiful areas of Italy. And and you know, people always sort of rush to Tuscany, which is a beautiful area and well known. But there are so many gems, so many beautiful little towns, and and I would say in many ways more authentically Italian. Uh, you don't have the tourists coming through. But you have very important sites, you know, as we've talked about before. Viterbo, which was the site of the papacy, the Holy See, was in Viterbo for decades. Um, Todi, this beautiful town you and Deacon Dom took us to just a few weeks ago, and we, my wife and I both fell in love with. This beautiful hilltop town with amazing food, um, you know, beautiful church, and then the vista kind of looking out across Umbria with, Watching the sunset from there, and the you know the dotted umbrella pines and cypress trees, just it's like you can't believe you're you're not looking at a picture. It, it, it's that beautiful. Yeah, and for this particular trip, we have a seventy-five dollars off. We're continuing that, and if people sign up by July tenth, John, they can get that money off per person, right? Seventy-five off per person. Correct. Yeah, for the November two through ten trip, and uh, of course we start in Assisi, and then visit Orvieto. Uh, Narni, Todi, Greccio, and then Rome uh, for a day or two. And then there's also, of course, an extension, which we always offer in Rome. That's great. We're talking with John Hale from Corporate Travel about pilgrimage. And again, if you'd like to find out more about anything we're doing, whether it be the Good News Cruise, which we mentioned last week, or if we're talking about La Dolce Vita with me, Deacon Dom, in November, they can go to Ave Maria Radio's travel page at AveMariaRadio.net. Or, John, they can give us a call, right? What's the number to call? 
888-468-1420. All right. And let's talk a little bit about the, well, the Good News Cruise is still, you can still sign up for that as well, correct? Correct. Yes. We have uh, spaces uh, for uh, Good News Cruise and, and our Good News Conference too, Teresa. Um, got a number of events coming up this fall and then uh, in the Good News Cruise sales for marriages uh, at the end of next January. So in terms of the most popular, would you say it's been the cruise? Would you say it's been pilgrimages to, to different countries or to different locations in the United States? What are you seeing, even though pilgrimage is definitely trending, but what are you seeing as most popular with the, with the trips that you're booking? Well, you know, we've started out very strong with the Good News Conference. Um, I think people initially, two years ago when we offered it, um, it was something safe. It felt like it was in Florida. It wasn't that far. It was only a couple of days. If you, It was the first time you were kind of gathering in a crowd. And that has continued, though, in popularity. It's, we partner with Word on Fire and Bishop Barron annually for this conference. It's a three-day three conference. So I, I would definitely say that um, the conferences have been tremendously popular. But our cruise, I think we'll have a record number of cruisers this year uh, on the marriage cruise. We have Father Mike Schmitz. We have a pre-night with um, uh, Scott and Kimberly Hahn. Uh, we're sailing with um, you and Deacon Dom. We have Archbishop Nauman, um, our our friend Jeremy McClellan, who's a Catholic comedian, just have a terrific roster, and that is such a week of hope and joy. And, you know, as we said earlier, the pilgrimages, I mean, there's just a, a lot of people wanting to make up for the travel opportunities that they didn't have for a couple of years, and Italy is always popular. And as we've been talking this morning, pilgrimage is, is definitely one of the... Uh, I would say also growing, but fastest to return um, in the travel market. I mean, we're definitely seeing that. We're talking with John Hill from Corporate Travel Service about pilgrimage, and we're basing it on a very beautiful article that came out not too long ago talking about how pilgrimages are trending, and it was predicted right after COVID that it would be the big thing that people were looking for. John, do you think it's it's because whatever experience people decide to sign up for, do you think it's because of everything that happened to us during COVID and, and the, the fallout from the lockdowns and that we have the loneliness ep- epidemic that the Surgeon General discussed. I mean, I think people are really soul-searching again. I agree, Teresa. And I think we also, there was this notion that we don't know what's around the corner. You know, you don't, you think something is not going to happen or, you know, certainly not last for as long as it did, and, and yet it does. And we're, we're, what it did was lay bare the reality of life, and that is that we don't have control. So if we're looking for opportunities uh, to be with friends, to be with family, to have an experience that we've always wanted to have. What I have seen is, anecdotally, is that people say and and realize subconsciously that we don't know what's around the corner. So if there's an opportunity to go, let's go. Let's experience. Let's do this. Um, if you've always wanted to go to the Holy Land, if you always wanted to visit Italy, if you wanted to strengthen your marriage, um, now is the day to do it. You know, you can put it off, Damani, Damani, but Ultimately, we, I, I think what happened during the pandemic, again, as I say, it laid bare the actual reality. We never had control, mm-hmm. and, and we still don't now. We don't know what tomorrow brings. But what we have realized, I think, is every generation tends to realize, is that we take any opportunity that we can, and we think we're being called to. I mean, I think that's very important is the prayer, prayerful aspect and the discernment. And, you know, are there sort of hints that God's dropping along the way and putting this experience in my path, whatever that may be, 
And am I willing to step out in faith and to say, ah, I'm not 100%, but I think I'm being called to whatever it is, fill in the blank. And I think whenever we put that step forward, uh, if it's a reconciliation, if it's to a retreat, if it's to a pilgrimage, whatever we think God's calling us to, as soon as we put that foot forward in faith, not knowing fully, boy, does he bless it, Teresa. He just... I, the graces yeah. just flow and you, you yeah, and, and, I and the that. friendships i mean the friendships that are formed through any of these experiences are just really so many of them are for a lifetime so okay so coming up we've got the good news conference the good news cruise la dolce fide and many other trips and i love on your website it's really beautiful the way you've set it up you've actually have educational tours faith pilgrimages different events so you've got them broken down into categories so people can see all the different types of trips that you offer. And if you go to the Faith and Pilgrimage page, of course, you'll see our trips right there as well. So I do want to remind folks, and John, maybe you could wrap up for us, uh, La Dolce Fide, November 2nd through the 10th, led by me and Deacon Dom and our chaplain, Father James, from the wonderful St. Francis in Ann Arbor, very appropriate. All over Umbria, we'll be in Rome, we'll be in Viterbo, we'll be in Lazio. It's just going to be phenomenal. And it's a great trip for anyone. If you're single, if you're married, if you want to bring your kids, we'd love to have you. But it's such a fun, peaceful journey through the green heart of Italy. Thank you so much, CTS, Corporate Travel Service, ctscentral.net. And again, the number to call in addition to going to the Ave Maria Radio Travel page and the Pilgrimage page, what's the number to call for more information? 866-468-1420. 866-468-1420. All right, John, look forward to continuing our partnership with you here at Ave Maria and EWTN. And think about it, pilgrimage folks. Every you decide to go, there's so many incredible opportunities, and it really will make a difference in your relationship with God and with the church and with each other, with the friends that you meet and also your family that you bring along. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Your search for affordable health care stops here. Since 2014, CMF Curo has provided Catholics with affordable health care sharing that goes beyond insurance. With programs that cost less than many COBRA and ACA-sponsored plans, CMF Curo is the Catholic health sharing experience that enables you to live fully alive while saving money. Call 1-833-GET-CURO to find affordable Catholic health care now. That's 1-833-GET-CURO. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This July 4th from Angel Studios, who brought you his only son and the chosen, comes a true story of courage and redemption. Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel, who portrayed Jesus in The Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the true events of a dangerous mission to save young, innocent lives. A story that shares hope and the power of human resilience. Sound of Freedom. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Only in theaters July 4th. 
This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. If you have any questions about a program you heard today or maybe yesterday, or if you have a question about something we do here at Catholic Radio, just give us a little note at EWTN.com or AveMariaRadio.net. You can also find out some background information about the various programs. You can get updates on our radio and TV schedules. It's all there for you online. And remember, we are here to keep you connected to your Catholic faith. And as my dear, dear friend, and Catholic Radio colleague, Al Cresta always says, to help you remember to look at everything in our lives through the lenses of Scripture and the teachings of the Church. And remember what I always say, something I heard years ago, that our Catholic faith has to be everything to us. It has to come first. I'll never forget that. I heard a priest give a homily, and this was during one of the most contentious elections recently, and he said our Catholic faith shouldn't be a factor when we go into the voting booth, it should be the factor. Because again, we have to look at everything through the lenses of Scripture and the teachings of our one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. Hope you enjoyed the program today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on Catholic Connection. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.